in the Central West End, where the Williams family moved, it was the first apartment building that they stayed in, in the heart of the Central West End. So I found the owner of the building, a lovely woman named Hugh Mae Young, and I contacted her and I told her about my crazy idea to do the play organically coming out of the back of the building so that we could incorporate the fire escapes that are actually in the play and an important part of the play. Mm -hmm. It was just important to me that it feel like an organic extension of the building and not just the stage in the middle of the back parking lot. She just said, yes, I think it's going to be really magical. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. Our weekly podcast gives you the edge to live a more informed life. We discuss more than just St. Louis as we connect the Gateway City to our country's current cultural fabric and lives. There's a great return to civility today, and there's another story that we'll talk about as it relates to the return to civility book. But first of all, argue a point, not a person. If you disagree with what someone has said, don't regress to personal jabs. Instead, focus on the point of the disagreement. Now, this is the part that I love. Name-calling and stereotyping is reserved for children, politicians, and the media. (laughs) Can we just send that to the Congress and the Senate, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So argue a point, not a person. And the person, we're not going to argue with her, but she's a great person. Carrie Houck, who is the executive director of the Tennessee Williams Festival St. Louis, is on the line with us. Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for that. I don't like to argue with anyone, so that's <laughs> <laughs> Now, for those of you who don't know Carrie, she's spent her professional life as an actor, a casting director, a producer, a teaching artist. She started acting her acting career at the Rep here in St. Louis. She's also worked in New York City, L.A., Chicago, done 30 films casting, numerous television shows, national commercials, worked with numerous directors that everyone will know produced two films, and she has this labor of love called the Tennessee Williams Festival in St. Louis. Isn't that a great festival? I'm sorry, I lost you for a minute. You have this labor of love, the Tennessee Williams Festival in St. Louis. Yes, And it's the sixth annual. Can you believe it? No. It is. We We did not have to step away last year, which was a true blessing. We got to celebrate our fifth year. We did do it on the radio, however, right. but we found that format really worked with Tennessee Williams because his language is just so beautiful. And mm-hmm. the plays actually, I, I, I don't know, I think we heard them more clearly with the radio production. So it was a good learning experience and honestly a wonderful experience overall. We did not do readings. They were full productions with sound effects and well rehearsed and edited. And so even though we had a tough year, it was a good year in that respect, I think. And and it's interesting that you say that because as I was doing some research on the Glass Menagerie, the there was the play and it came from i'm not going to give it away i'll let you explain it a little bit more but then there were movies and they weren't mm-hmm. as successful and mm-hmm. then there was radio show which seemed to be successful just like you're saying so what is it about 
the the play or is it just about the how it's being produced or directed or how you are presenting it that changes the aspects of it? I will say the cast we have, and most of them are intact from our radio production, have a lot to do with the beauty that we have achieved, both on the radio and then once you see this production we're about to do. They're at the top of their game. They all understand Williams. And I found... Since I have been producing solely Tennessee Williams for the most part, for the, I'm going to say beyond six years because I had a preamble to the festival with a Williams play called Stairs to the Roof. But since I've been producing Williams, I have learned that actors who know his work and appreciate his work and understand his work are able to bring it to life more successfully than those who do not necessarily. This cast is just, I, I, they're just such a jewel. They're a gift. They're, I'm trying my utmost to keep them all healthy. We're taking, and we'll talk about that later, but just doing live theater in this um, era that we're living through right now is challenging, but we're very careful and we can talk about that later. Yeah, this production is going to be a, a once in a lifetime and part of it is because of where we're doing it. So go ahead and explain that, Carrie, because it's not going to be your typical theater venue. No, it's not, but it is live theater. And I have to say, after living through 18 months of seeing Zoom plays, I'm nothing against everybody's <laughs> effort there, but theater people aren't necessarily filmmakers, and Zoom is not film anyway. I'm a filmmaker and a theater artist, but I'm going to tell you, Zoom ain't either of those. Okay. in my. And I think we all have a certain level of fatigue there. So... Coming back this year, we, we, we had some challenges. We normally produce at the Grandel Theater, which is our beautiful home in Grand Center. We're working with an all-actors' equity, our actors' union cast, 100%. And because actors' equity is protecting the actors, the, the laundry list of provisions that we're making to keep everyone safe really is preventing us from doing the play in a theater. Gotcha. Yeah. Outdoor venues, okay, they're hard to come by, but I've had one in mind for this particular play for years, and I thought, let's just dump, jump off the, the high dive here. If not now, when? Mm -hmm. We've all been through a right. lot. Our stamina is strong. Our <laughs> <laughs> guts and guile are there. So there's a building in the Central West End where the Williams family moved. It wasn't their first abode. They stayed in a rooming house for a minute, but it was the first apartment building that they stayed in, in the heart of the Central West End. And it's six flat. Is that what they call them here? Yeah. A six flat, a mm -hmm, six mm -hmm. family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And three-story building. And Tennessee Williams, the Williams family lived in three west. So I found the owner of the building, a lovely woman named Hugh May Young, and I contacted her and I told her about my crazy idea to do the play organically coming out of the back of the building so that we could incorporate the fire escapes that are actually in the play oh. and an, an important part of the play. Mm -hmm. So this woman is my angel. She just said yes. She said she bought the building because of the importance of it. Hmm because a previous owner had wanted to tear it down, and she knew that Tennessee Williams lived there, mm. and she actually has named the building the Tennessee. She did that years ago. 
Hmm. It's now an Airbnb. There is one permanent resident there, but she's a designer, and the, the units are actually beautiful. I'm sure they didn't look like that when the Williams family yeah. was there. Um, so she said yes, and I just put a team together of designers and technicians who I've worked with over the past five years and knew that I was in good hands, like attempting this pretty big fee for a company our size. We're not the Muni and we're not the Shakespeare Festival, but we, we're doing it. And it's just, the set is designed by Dunsey Dye, who we've worked with before. And it was just important to me that it feel like an organic extension of the building and not just the stage in the middle of the back parking lot. The audience will be safely seated, socially distanced. Our whole team is vaccinated, including every usher. And barring bad weather, which certainly, I'm not going to say that, maybe we won't have any, I'm hoping. But I think it's going to be really magical. It's full light and sound. It is a full production. It's the real deal. And I can't wait. Yeah, I, I, you said it's a, and now it's my words now, a, a harebrained idea. But <laughs> you know, And I probably say harebrained because I don't have any hair. But <laughs> it's, it's something that you, it is magical because when you have a presentation like that at a regular theater, you try to make the set look like what you imagine it be but when you're there where he actually experienced this and was the foundational aspects of this entire play that makes right. things just really come the the building come alive the neighborhood come alive the trees the grass the fire no, escape you know it's really true and it feels like the whole neighborhood is really excited about it i don't think all of them really know what's going on but they know something is going on in fact the beat cop drove by in his little vehicle yesterday while we were loading in that scaffolding and whatnot and he said oh i know all about it and i'm fascinated and the neighbors seem excited, and I hope we don't get any complaints, but we'll just invite them to come see the show. Absolutely. And they won't be sorry. Yeah, as you said, this building is truly one of the inspirations for the play. There was another apartment building that is the other one, but it was an amalgamation of both units or buildings that he lived in. The other one was on Enright in University City, and it no longer exists. But the Tennessee is on all of our when we do our bus tour this year, it will be a walking tour. It's in the Williams world. It's very important. Whenever I have a scholar or just Williams fan come in to see our shows, this is what they want to see. They want to see this particular building. So this year they get it both in one night. That's cool. Now talk to people about the other productions that you have another production, but also that tour. I don't know if people really understand what goes on, then you've got the panel discussions, uh, the scholar panels. Yeah. I've, I've got questions right. about that I want to ask about. So it is a true festival. It's not just about the Glass Menagerie. The Glass Menagerie will run eight performances over an 11-day period with a possibility of two rain dates in between the two weekends. And quite frankly, it's selling really well, so I may just add those as performances because we're doing, because we have limited seating. That's why it's important to promote this ahead of time because the tickets are selling fast. We have another play called You Lied to Me About Centralia, which we also did on the radio last <laughs> fall, that is about, it's not written by Tennessee Williams, but it's inspired by a short story he wrote called Portrait of a Girl in Glass. And it's about what happens. John Guare, who's a very well-known American playwright, took that short story and wrote an adaptation of it. 
And the premise is what happens when the gentleman caller leaves the Wingfield dinner to go pick up his fiancée, Betty, at the Del Mar train station. And it is delightful. It's funny. I used to pick up my Aunt Vi at the Del Mar train station as a kid. We'd always be waiting there for the late Amtrak. But Got my grandma um, there, too. We're using the same gentleman caller in both plays. Chauncey Thomas is d- doing double duty as Jim O'Connor. And it's a short play. It's about a half an hour. But we're following it with a panel discussion about the play and the adaptation. So I'm really excited about that event. And we're going to do that at the same venue as the Glass Menagerie. We're trying to keep as much outside as we can. We have a morning on the first Saturday of three panel discussions focusing primarily on Williams' time in St. Louis and particularly in the Central West End. We have a walking tour on the first Sunday And generally, we do a bus tour, but because of COVID, this is a safer way to go. And plus, there are just so many very important Williams sites within a two- or three-block period in the neighborhood in the Central West End. Why not? If not, again, if not now, when? It's a perfect way to do this. Thomas Mitchell from the University of Illinois, who's a very important Williams scholar, will be in charge of the panels, and we have scholars coming from all over the country to participate in them, and he will be leading the walking tour this year. That's cool. Now, how did you get connected with Tom? And I know that he really, he loves Williams also, but were these panels a joint effort that you both put together or was this one or the other and no tom is our official uh scholar of our festival and the other panelists are also important william scholars who i have met since really before the festival because i go to their i go to other festivals and the scholarly components of the all the other festivals are really some of my favorite events because he led such a rich life and there's so much to know and I just feel really lucky that I'm part of this world and that all of these people have become not only colleagues but dear friends. David Kaplan, the curator of the Provincetown Festival, is a mentor to me. I call him almost on a daily basis just to banter ideas around and get his advice and his festival will be following ours this year. And we may keep it that way so we can start trading uh, productions a little bit more. And that's a great um, way to do that, Carrie, because sometimes yeah. festivals get in competition with each other. But it, it's yeah. nice to see that there's camaraderie and support and encouragement oh, yeah. like that. That's wonderful to see. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And it's really, it's a worldwide family. We have my first director of Stairs to the Roof was from Cape Town, South Africa, and he came to me through David Kaplan in Provincetown. Hmm. The introduction did, and he's forever part of our family. And David and I collaborated on bringing in the National Theatre Company of Ghana. Oh, gosh, that might have been in our first or second year to do uh, a Williams play called Ten Blocks on the Camino Real. And yeah, and I don't know, it's one of my favorite parts of my life right now that I just have this wonderful world that I'm living in with these really brilliant, talented, creative people. Well, I think it gets, you've paid your dues and you're able to get out there now and really enjoy uh, a lot of the fruits of your labor and you've made some connections and established some relationships. And when I go into these scholar panel conversations, and folks, you can go to the twstl.org 
yeah. uh, and then hit panels. It's the scholar panel conversations. Those are really wonderful. And the connections yeah. that you've made really bring the the play to life in a different way. You get some background information and some knowledge that you never knew about. And I, I guess a big question I have for you is what is it about Tennessee Williams mm-hmm that enthralls you and draws people to his number one again i'm going to always come back to the language his writing is just so beautiful it's just like listening to music for me i was attracted to tennessee williams as a kid being a theater kid but Mm -hmm. i always felt like a bit of an outsider and i think that he has really connected don't feel like cookie cutter people Mm -hmm. and who might be a little bit different but still have a lot of beauty to offer the world yeah yeah, I think his plays speak to a wide swath. Now, people can get ticket information. It's MetroTix, I believe that's correct. It's MetroTix, and this year, this is what's so important to get across. We cannot sell tickets at the door. We cannot, we will not. We are not going to be equipped to. So you have to buy your tickets ahead of time at MetroTix.com. MetroTix.com. They've been just so lovely this year. They're trying to make this re-entry into the live theater really easy for us. And it's still a very challenging time. So all the tickets are pre-sale. They will keep the box office open through our first intermission, which is just marvelous of them. But again, it's an online box office. Generally, we have the Fox box office also, but they are not open yet for walk-ups. So th- there's that component. I don't. I do want to let the audience know that there is free secure parking at. Oh boy, I don't have the addresses in front of me, Arnold. That's okay. It's the block just directly behind our venue. It's steps away. Okay. There's a gift store on Olive between Taylor and Walton called Holiday, that's owned by Bowood Farms, and they are letting us use their parking lot. And now here's another wonderful perk for ticket holders of the Glass Menagerie. Bowwood by Niche, which is Gerard Kraft's new restaurant on Olive. For those of you who knew Cafe Osage, it's in that uh, uh, restaurant. He is not officially open yet. He will be later this summer. But for our Glass Menagerie ticket holders... He is offering a box dinner, supper, it just sounds delicious, prior to every Glass Menagerie performance beginning at 5.30 p.m. Oh, wow. And we will have the use of their parking lot as well, which is across from Holiday. These reservations can be made through the MetroTix website. They will be put in touch with, it's it's all interconnected. Gotcha. And the only way that you're able to do this is with a glass menagerie purchase. But it it really makes for a nice evening. And we have a book signing with Henry Chavez our first Friday, so you can really make an evening of it. Go to Henry's book signing, then go have a little supper, and then come over to us. And they're going to have a full complement of Tennessee Williams-themed cocktails. Mm. Um, 
Our tribute night will be at Bar Italia, which is on Maryland in the Central West End. I'm trying to remember these times. I think that's at 4 p.m. on August 29th. You've got it. Yes. You've got it down. This is going to be an exciting <laughs> oh, yeah. evening. Like I, yeah. uh, I mentioned to you before we went on the, we have tickets and we're looking forward to going. And I, I think it's just going to be a great you. evening. I'm going to grab one of those box dinners. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, because Gerard Kraft is one of our finest chefs in St. Louis. So I I probably will end up getting one every night of the run. I do want to tell you that anyone also with a glass menagerie purchase is entitled to a $5 discount on all of our other satellite events. And I'm going to tell you, we really kept the price point down on the satellite events because we just want people to come because they're just, they're not to be missed. Honestly, we only do the festival format once a year. We may start doing plays at other times of the year, but this full festival only happens once a year. And it would be nice if people make a weekend of it. We do have a lot of guests coming in from out of town this time, which I'm really excited about. The Chase is our official hotel of the Tennessee Williams Festival, as is the Tennessee, which is an Airbnb where our, our cast is actually staying. You've got it. You've got it lined out, and it seems every year it grows and grows, and just it. It's just it's not becoming a monster. It's just becoming not what not what I'm saying. It's becoming this wonderful thing to have a destination to go to. Come to St. Louis. If you're in St. Louis, go to the Tennessee Williams uh, St. Louis Festival. And this is the sixth year. And go to the website, folks, TWSTL.org. Check this out. It's a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, actually, to have to be at his place where he lived. Yeah, because, honestly, we'll never do this again. But I'm just so happy we're doing it now. And really, coming back to live theater is just so exciting. You you have no idea how happy everyone is. We're working so hard. (laughs) But just the fact that we get to be working again in the same room with each other is really fantastic. We all need to stay safe, though. We really just all need to stay safe. Yeah, don't take the and fun out of it. keep our masks on. I can't, I, I don't want anyone's illness on our watch, that's right. for sure. So we're taking all measures of precaution with sanitation. The Missouri Art Safe certification is some a training that we all went through. And yeah. That's great. You're doing it. Yeah. Carrie Houck, Executive Artistic Director of the Tennessee Williams Festival St. Louis. Thanks for joining us on St. Louis in June. Carrie, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. See you at the festival. We appreciate you listening to this episode of St. Louis in Tune. Take time to look at the show notes on the website for everything that was mentioned on this episode. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker.